Welcome back to our parenting podcast uh, entitled Parenting, Discipleship, and Thriving or Surviving. Uh, we had uh, our first podcast with Joe and Joyce Johnson where we began the conversation about fear and parenting. And uh, for me, it's a very relevant topic. As I parent my children, I find myself often fearing um, how they're going to turn out, how I'm going to fail, how I'm going to mess up. And uh, yeah, we appreciate Joe and Joyce and their insights uh, having walked this road with five children. So uh, I'm going to turn this over to Beth Ann Lesaft and she can reintroduce uh, Joe and Joyce and uh, ask our questions for today. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Todd. So yeah, we have Joe and Joyce Johnson here again with us today. And um, they have five kids ranging from 18 to 27. And I believe right now during this quarantine, they have four of them home with them, right? Again, so four adult kids living at home with them. Um, they thought they were going to be empty nesters. So they got a couple months of that and, um, and here they are. Um, and so uh, thanks for joining us, guys. We are really thankful to have you guys and um, appreciate your your vulnerable nature and just willingness to share about some of your experiences. So the question I have kind of addresses the, the, the fears that come up with our current um, state, like our current culture. So as you observe, you know, the world around us and around um, parents that are raising their kids, what are some things that um, you can imagine are particular challenges? Um, parents who are parenting children and teens today and um, and maybe as you think of that you know you guys aren't that far off I mean your youngest are 18 so you're just kind of still in that um, current culture world but what are some ways that you might encourage parents today hmm. yeah well one big fear um, well, if you listen to the first podcast was about relationships with other kids i think that fear mm -hmm. is something that probably would still be mm -hmm. pretty important as parents want to know who their kids are playing with and how they can kind of make that a safe place all the time yeah mm -hmm. right yeah, who are their people um are they are they really good friendships good influences on each other um you know, yeah, I mean, when, when they were little, I mean, we, our, our kids were at church a lot with us and their BFFs, their, their best friends were kids from church. And I can think of all of them having kids that they were in Sunday school with, or they would do Bible study with. And, um, you know, when we sent our kids to preschool, we wanted to make sure that they were with some kids they knew um, at preschool, they weren't meeting all new kids. And, um, you know, that was a big deal. There were a couple of families that we kind of did that with different stages because um, we had what four different stages of preschool um, and then when our kids were in elementary you know we we knew a lot of their friends and um, it was always funny when they would come home and say like I want to play with so-and-so can you can we have them over and I'm thinking they're not part of that little group that I said was your group that you know <laughs> wanted you to hang out with um, uh, but we did try to you know to we tried to kind of manage some of that but as they get older they're going to be drawn to different kids they're going to be drawn to kids that we don't know um and we i think we experienced that more when they got in high school and they kind of expanded a couple of our kids went to different schools um 
and you know we didn't know their friends nearly as well and we didn't know what their friends families were like nearly as well and you know there's only so much you can do when they're in high school to say um i want to meet the parents of your friends like that doesn't really happen um anyway but go ahead Jim. yeah you know and we also had all our kids involved in sports so their soccer teams or their or band baseball teams there are people that they spend a lot of time with actually as families we spent a lot of time so part of that was trying to be involved with the kids and their families mm-hmm. so we spent a lot of time trying to help control that issue or that those relationships by being part of the relationship um mm-hmm. that's not a bad thing. no it's yeah. not and as we went through in high school we had less and less of those opportunities yeah. you know the parents weren't hanging out and then the kids would say hey i'm going over to johnny's house i'm like who is johnny what are you guys doing where is so part of that about having an an open house that the kids weren't so anxious to run away from but come to hey you can invite your friends over here too you don't always have to go out over there um i think it's a way for us to kind of help see who they're hanging out with um and then be able to help speak into that uh the fear is always the lack of control so where you know as parents somewhere along the line we got to believe that god is the one who should be in control and not us as parents mm-hmm. and the hard part is when that fear just continues to drive me to want to do things that i knew when i was a kid i didn't want my parents to know anything about so i i didn't learn when i was 20 20 why do i expect my kids to know that and but yet we continue to feel like hey we need we need to just because we know better who our friend our kids friends should be Mm -hmm. careful joe your parents might listen to this so you might not want to admit some things yeah well my mom had the sixth sense she knew she was like oh you need to bring that boy over my house (laughs) my friends were like i'm not going over your house no (laughs) um yeah it, it it is something that i think um that that as parents we we we're gonna struggle with we're gonna because we feel like we have some great insight on on people and especially little kids. And by hanging out with families, we'll say, oh, we don't like his dad. That's not a great place for you to be. And then our kids kind of don't understand why we're making that judgment call because they don't have the same insight. So there's a, there's a struggle that gets there, the kids. Yeah, I mean, it, micromanaging, like it's hard to know how to handle that. Like. We talked to our kids the other night, a couple of our kids, it was really interesting. And um, one of them said, you know, we're on a journey too. Like sometimes we feel like you expect us to get it already, but we're on a journey too, trying to figure out who we are and and who our friends are gonna be and who are the people that we're gonna hang out with. And you guys um, kind of, I think you forget that sometimes. And it was really interesting to hear um, this person say, yeah, you're, you're forgetting that we're on this journey with God as well. And we're on this journey of life and you can't control everything we do. Um, I think we realized that a bunch of years ago that we can't control, but it rears its ugly head mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they also said it's, well, as parents, we don't want to see our kids fall into something that we believe they will never be able to recover from. <laughs> so we make those judgment calls based on what we believe is that. 
Yeah, I think you guys, and you really are like bringing up a point you were kind of addressing earlier in the um, in the first podcast when you were talking about, um, you know, that f- addressing the fear that our kids won't know the Lord is it's not in our control. It's in the Lord's con- it's in the Lord's hands. And again, with this this other um, this question addressing, you know, we have this lack of control of even like who our kids are going to be friends with, what they're going to want to do with their time. You know, as they go into teenage years, their desire to just kind of be outside of the house all the time and and we lose even more control. So I think that's, um, uh, yeah, I'm glad you guys, you know, you know, brought that word control into it because I do feel like that's relatable to me. I mean, that is every single day, you know, so I'm just like, I want to just be like, so tell me the answer. No. <laughs> And we we didn't even get into the social media piece, but I, I think that the, oh, wow. yeah. the same theme and topic, uh, we, as soon as our kids are involved in social media, mm-hmm. we lose control. And so mm-hmm. that, that's really hard and it's fearful. And it, it makes us feel like it's not really focusing on the heart. We're just, I'm judging by how much they have a phone in their hand oh, or they're in front of a device. I'm saying, Oh my word, they can't be looking at anything good or they, they, you know, mm-hmm. whatever that whole thing of feeling like everything on social media is bad. But then I realize, like, sometimes the Lord gives me these sweet little nudges of, Hey, how much do you have your phone in your hand? Well, I'm using <laughs> my Bible app, you know, I'm, um, a lot of times I'm, I try to, I'm judging my kids, what they're looking at. The question is, are they looking at me and saying, yeah, mom, what are you doing? Like, are you, mm-hmm. are you doing the same thing? And I'm thinking, oh no, I'm, I'm looking at all good stuff or um, it's still the idea of being in front of that uh, phone or that computer, um, having that be my main source of information, um, which can be a concern in my own life. So mm-hmm. that was a rabbit trail I went down. Sorry. Yeah. People. <laughs> Yeah, but I think it does kind of even again reflect back to what you said about, um, you know, we we have to kind of live out our faith. And, you know, if we're telling our kids that we, we don't think it's really good for them to be on social media for five hours a day because it's filling their minds with, you know, something, you know, we have to uh, be willing to kind of live out and reflect yeah. what we would. But that's really mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. <laughs> and I echo, I echo that, Beth Ann. I- I think the other the flip side of that as well is that we have to remember that we have to be examples of other the good things that are so we might not be on for five hours, but what are we doing for those other hours that we aren't on as well? So I think it's mm-hmm. both sides. Because mm-hmm. I think even in a conversation that we had with the kids, they said, We know what you believe. We've seen examples of it. We've heard it. So the kids are watching and reading us all the time. So yeah, those five hours, I am, you know, mom and dad are on their computer for five hours. So five hours is okay. But if we drop down to two hours and just sit there and do nothing, then yeah. you know, it, yeah. it, it still might not be the example that we really would, would have for them. So um, yeah. it's, it, it is a process as we put those, some of the things down, we do introduce better habits. I remember my growing up, my, my grandmom and my mom would be sitting there reading their Bible. So there were no devices. So you had the Bible and they would read it. My grandmom's Bible was marked up so much that it was, it was pretty cool to be able to see how worn it, the Bible was. 
I don't think my kids would ever say, the only thing they would say would be worn that much probably would be my phone. And it would not be because I was reading the Bible app. So, um, you know, what are we showing and what are we doing? And then how are we trusting that that's building that responsible things that we want to see in our kids? Um, and you know, it's never, it's never too late. Like, yeah, it's never too late. So, I mean, in the last couple of weeks, um, we both kind of felt convicted. Like we've, we've been, like I've been more in the word in the last year than I, I haven't been in a while. And, um, and Joe as well. And, um, I mean, the Lord uses different things to bring us there. But we started a devotion, like we're, Joe and I with the girls, we're doing this psalm study on our Bible app. And then he's doing a, a study about wisdom with the boys. And, you know, we haven't, like I'd love to say we had devotions every night with our children. Wouldn't that be awesome? I'd love to say that. And maybe there are some families that do say that. But that was, we had starts and stops and um, areas but that we struggled in and, but yet, this is a cool opportunity. We've been able to be with our kids and hear what they have to say through this um, this devotional app that we all do. Um, you know, Joe's been hearing from the from the boys and hearing what they think about life and about wisdom. And you know, we've been hearing from the girls. Carly's up in New York, and and Jules is at home. But we're like, you know, reading it together um, separately and then commenting on it. Um, and I'm so thankful for that. Like, it's never too late to initiate that kind of stuff. No. Yeah, and this yeah, all started, thank this started out friendship. So just to bring them back and uh -oh. some of the friendships. I know for Carly in New York, she is now reaching out to her friends who are struggling. So we really don't know where some of those friendships would take them down the line. And um, again, we have to kind of help them walk through even those ones that are troublesome and not just mm -hmm. throw those friendships out the yeah. window because we, yeah. we don't like them. So you don't, yeah. we don't know how the Lord's going to use that child or the other child in our child's life to further that relationship with him. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Well, I was going to say, I do think, um, you know, there's, there's people listening from all stages of parenting. And I think just hearing that it's never too late to kind of just initiate is, you know, those conversations around this, because, um, yeah, like you're, you're talking about your adult children that you're, um, you know, just opening up the Bible with. I think that's really, that's really unique. Yeah. Thanks. So, um, so you know, with, with fears, I've realized um, in myself that they can be spiraling. So, um, and I've seen that as well with my kids. And we haven't talked so much about parenting children who are fearful. That, that could be a whole nother topic. But, um, you know, as you've experienced these fears, um, you know, how have you been able to speak the gospel to them in a, in a disruptive way? You know, like I... I think about those spiraling thoughts and how, like, how do you disrupt them from spiraling? And I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. So it's speak the gospel to their thoughts, not to their kids, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm saying speaking the gospel to your fears, like, you know, meeting those fears that can become spiraling. Like, you know, mm -hmm. one little fear can, can keep you up for hours at night. I know I've experienced it. I know I've talked to my mm -hmm. friends, you know, you get up at 2 a.m. and your thoughts, and then in the morning, you're like, those were kind of crazy, you know? Yeah. But, um, you know, and, and really just how has, um, you know, 
the Lord redeemed, you know, your fear. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting when you said that, an example came to mind. Um, You know, we have five kids and there's there's some Johnson Frazier similarities, but they're all really different. And some of them are more naturally fearful than others. Some of them are more verbal than others. Some of them are super quiet um, and and internal processors like their dad. And some of them are more like me, external processors. um, I'm going to share something that happened last year with one of our kids who was having to make a, a really big decision. And um, when this one of my kids was struggled more with some anxiety and, and um, some of those like spiraling, if what, if I don't do this, if I don't do this, what's going to happen thing. I remember one night um, this one was trying to make a decision and um, we were talking about it and um I was leaving to go to a meeting. So I left them in the house. I went out to this meeting, but on on my way out the door, I realized as usual, I forgot something. So I came back in the house and it was like 30 seconds later. And this, this child was on the floor, kind of like, in a like in a fetal position almost. Mm. Um, Just feeling so much angst about making this big decision or they, what they thought was a big decision. And it really was actually to some degree, but I remember in that moment, God met me and all I could do literally was put my hand on their back and say, I have no answer for you. The only thing I can do is pray because I believe God is the only one that can make you here. So I just, I prayed, I said, Lord, you know, I, would you enter in, you know, would you enter into this situation and give my, my child that I love dearly and I would love to tell them what to do, but I don't know. And Lord, I believe that you can meet him in this moment. It is a him, thank you. But anyway, um, it was a great feeling for me to release them. It was like another opportunity for me to release. I, I, I would love to be able to fix all those things. But I can't. And half the time, I don't even know what's, what the right answer is. Or it, it's so mixed in with my own self. So then I said, are you okay? Are you gonna be okay if I leave? It did, they didn't jump up and say, oh, I've been healed. You know, they, they kind of stayed down there. But that was a turning point in my heart for me to say, I'm going to release into the truly only capable hands of the Lord. Now, I'd love to say that everything since then for me and all the kids has been that way or me and Joe. But um, I'm thankful that I can, in my sane moments, believe that God loves them more than I do. The Lord is in knows their thoughts way more than I do and is so much better as a parent and as a father than or a mother than than I could be. So anyway, that's my story. Yeah. I I go back to the to the word as well when those things start to to kind of take over just the Lord does bring to mind his faithfulness mm-hmm. and his and how faithful he's been to me. So I, I look at my own self and go, "Oh, Joe, you're you you were bad off too. You were you know you had your own questions. And have I not taken care of you? Mm-hmm. Why would I leave your kids mm-hmm. hanging out there on their own? Yeah, mm-hmm. and that kind of helps stop the fear. It doesn't change what's happening in front of me. They still have to deal with that, but it goes mm-hmm. back. It helps me to to, re, to remember that." Again, it is God who's going to be the one that's going to have to work mm-hmm. through that and not me. 
I, you know, mm-hmm. I can't, I'm not the savior here. He yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Um, he just wants me to be faithful and mm-hmm. you know, I need to do that. So that gives me confidence to be able to go back to the kids and say, Hey, you know what? I, I mean, I'm giving you over to the Lord and I'm trusting, you know, let's, let's have some, we can have some conversation about right ways to go and some wisdom and some understanding, mm-hmm. but ultimately it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be God that you need to go to. And I think that helps me to, yeah. to be able to well, manage. Yeah. I love that picture because I feel like you guys just shared like prayer and God's word, you know, and um, yeah, I like that picture that you gave Joyce of just an actual thing that you just, all you could do is pray. And Joe, you're just met with God's word and his promises and his faithfulness to us. And like, you know, maybe our fears don't go away and um, our circumstances don't change, but we know that we have a hope in, in the savior who doesn't. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Thanks guys. You're welcome. And and the, and the themes that I hear there, uh, the lies that fuel fear are that we have control, that we are the savior, that we have the answers. And I feel like yeah. well, none of those yeah. things are true. And that's that's what I keep on trying to grasp a hold of. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and the freedom of no, the freedom of knowing that. Like the freedom yeah. of knowing, ah, this is a big God. He's a big yeah. God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a God who cares. He's he's big, he's sovereign, and he cares, and he's a loving father. And so yeah. well, it, it also reveals what we believe about God. So Thanks, guys. That that was that was really yeah. profound and helpful. I appreciate you guys sharing. Great, we love you guys. Yeah. Thanks. So, thanks so much, Johnsons. Uh, you. All right. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yep. Yeah.